0: Hello world, I'm Roger Corville and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Have you ever had a time when you be like, Lord, why can't you just let me catch a break? Well, if our short reading in Acts today has anything to say about that, God be like. (laughs) Hey, hopeful! welcome to For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, which is part of our journey together where we commit together to reading through every word of God's revelation of himself Monday through Saturday and considering our own life and work stories in light of that along the way. Uh, asking for your grace, again, still fighting the sore throat and the pink eye and the uh, whatever. But considering uh, our own life and work stories, in light of that, including how things are tough in the world right now, my friends, and getting tougher. I do hope that you are preparing for difficult times ahead. Call me if you need ideas or encouragement or prayer or something like that. That said, today and tomorrow in Acts, we hear of God using people in Paul's life situation, which is kind of fortunate because Paul, at least from a worldly perspective, appears to be in a world of hurt. Acts chapter 3, picking up in verse 12. When it was morning, the Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves under a curse not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. There were more than 40 who formed this plot. These men went to the chief priests and elders and said, we have bound ourselves to a solemn curse that we won't eat anything until we have killed Paul. So now you, along with the Sanhedrin, make a request to the commander that he bring him down to you as if you were going to investigate his case more thoroughly. But before he gets near, we are ready to kill him. But the son of Paul's sister, and my friends, that would be like his nephew who is not named here, right? But the son of Paul's sister, hearing about their ambush, came and entered the barracks and reported it to Paul. Paul called one of the centurions and said, take this young man to the commander because he has something to report to him. So he took him, brought him to the commander and said, the prisoner Paul called me, and asked me to bring this young man to you because he has something to tell you. The commander took him by the hand, led him aside, and inquired privately, What is it you have to report to me? The Jews, he said, have agreed to ask you to bring Paul down to the Sanhedrin tomorrow, as though they are going to hold a somewhat more careful inquiry about him, but... Don't let them persuade you because there are more than 40 of them lying in ambush, men who have bound themselves under a curse not to eat or drink until they have killed him. Now they are ready, waiting for your consent. So the commander dismissed the young man and instructed him, don't tell anyone that you have informed me about this. All right, my friends, that is a very short chunk from... Acts 23, getting us up through verse 22. So God be like, what? (laughs) Wait a minute. I am using this unnamed nephew to thwart a plot. And then I got a couple other people that I'm going to use that you'll hear about when Roger reads them about them tomorrow. But notice this, friends. There is something for us to be encouraged by here because this narrative demonstrates God's sovereignty and it demonstrates what a witness is when Christians are just faithful, right? God wants our faithfulness before our perfection because we can't give him perfection. So stay tuned and we'll come back to that today However, we close out the book of Judges and have a little longer chunk to get through. Yesterday, we began the final little section, which is really describes the depths of Israel's apostasy. And yesterday was about religious corruption of a household, of a Levite, and then a whole tribe. And today is about moral and social corruption. Just to leave you on a high note, I will leave you on a high note, a higher note, I think with our closing prayer that said closing out the book of judges today we pick up in verse or chapter 19 in those days when there was no king in israel a levite staying in a remote part of the hill country of ephraim acquired a woman from bethlehem in judah as his concubine she was unfaithful to him and left him for her father's house in Bethlehem in Judah. She was there for four months, and then her husband got up and followed her to speak kindly to her and bring her back. Notice that he was going to speak kindly to her. He had his servant with him and a pair of donkeys, so she brought him to her father's house, and when the girl's father saw him, he gladly welcomed him. His father-in-law, the girl's father, detained him, and he stayed with him for three days. They ate, drank, and spent the nights there. On the fourth day they got up early in the morning and prepared to go but the girl's father said to his son-in-law have something to eat to keep up your strength and then you can go. So they sat down and the two of them ate and drank together and then the girl's father said to the man please agree to stay another uh, night overnight and enjoy yourself. The man got up to go but his father-in-law persuaded him so he stayed and spent the night there again. He got up early the next morning on the fifth day of the leave, but the girl's father said to him, Please, keep up your strength. So they waited till late afternoon, and the two of them ate. And the man got up to go with his concubine and his servant, when his father-in-law, the girl's father, said to him, Look, night's coming. Please spend the night. See, the day's almost over. Spend the night here. Enjoy yourself. And then you can get up early tomorrow and for your journey and go home. But the man was unwilling to spend the night. He got up, departed, and arrived opposite Jebus, that is, Jerusalem. The man had his two saddled donkeys and his concubine with him, and when they were near Jebus and the day was almost gone, the servant said to his master, Please, why not let us stop at this Jebusite city and spend the night there? But his master replied to him, We will not stop at a foreign city where there are no Israelites. Let's move on to Gibeah. Come on, he said. Let's try to reach one of these places and spend the night in Gibeah or Ramah. So they continued on their journey, and the sun set as they neared Gibeah in Benjamin. They stopped to go in and spend the night in Gibeah. The Levite went in and sat down in the city square, but no one took them into their home to spend the night. In the evening, an old man came in from his field uh, his work in the field, and he was from the hill country of Ephraim, but he was residing in Gibeah where the people were Benjamites. When he looked up and saw the traveler in the city square, the old man asked, where are you going and where do you come from? He answered him, we're traveling from Bethlehem and Judah to the remote hill country of Ephraim, where I am from. I went to Bethlehem in Judah, and now I'm going to the house of the Lord. No one has taken me into his home, although there's straw and feed from the donkeys, and I have bread and wine for me, my concubine and the servant with us. There is nothing we lack. And pause. I'm going to read you a note from the ESV Study Bible Notes about what we're about to read, because it gets kind of crazy. But the, the hospitality, the note says, the hospitality offered by Gibeah, which we're about to hear, was... No hospitality at all. It was the hospitality, quote unquote, of Sodom, which was an outrageous affront to the Levite and especially to his concubine. And this closely echoes what we heard about in back in Genesis 19. And in fact, it's likely that the author intentionally patterned this text after the Genesis account as if to say, things are as bad now as they were in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. So these Levites just got done saying, hey, we got everything we need. And now, welcome, said the old man. I'll take care of everything you need. Only don't spend the night in the square. So he brought him to his house and fed the donkeys. Then they washed their feet and ate and drank. And while they were enjoying themselves, all of a sudden, wicked men of the city surrounded the house and beat on the door. They said to the old man who was the owner of the house, bring out the man you who came to your house so we can have sex with him. The owner of the house went out and said to them, please don't do this evil, my brothers. After all, this man has come into my house. Don't commit this horrible outrage. Here, let me bring out my virgin daughter and the man's concubine now. Abuse them and do whatever you want to them, but don't commit this outrageous thing against this man. But the men would not listen to him. So the man seized his concubine and took her outside to them. They raped her and abused her all night long until morning. At daybreak, they let her go. Early that morning, the woman made her way back, and as it was getting light, she collapsed at the doorway of the man's house where her master was. When her master got up in the morning, opened the doors of the house, and went out to leave on his journey there was the woman. His concubine collapsed near the doorway of the house with her hands on the threshold. Get up, he told her, let's go. But there was no response. So the man put her on his donkey and set out for home. When he entered his house, he picked up a knife, took hold of his concubine, cut her into 12 pieces limb from limb, and then sent her throughout the territory of Israel. Everyone who saw it said, nothing like this has ever been happened or has been seen since the days of the the Israelites came out of the land of Egypt until now. Think it over, discuss it, and speak up. All the Israelites from Dan to Beersheba and from the land of Gilead came out and the community assembled as one one body before the Lord at Mitzpah. The leaders of all the people and of all the tribes of Israel presented themselves in the assembly of God's people. 400,000 armed foot soldiers, the Benjamites, heard that the Israelites had gone up to Mitzpah. The Israelites asked, Tell us, how did this evil act happen? The Levite, the husband of the murdered woman, answered, I went to Gibeah in Benjamin with my concubine to spend the night. Citizens of Gibeah came to attack me and surrounded the house at night. They intended to kill me and they raped my concubine and she died. And then I took my concubine, cut her into pieces and sent her throughout Israel's territory because they have committed a wicked outrage in Israel. Look, All of you are Israelites. Give your judgment and verdict here and now. Then all the people stood united and said, None of us will go to his tent or return to his house. Now this is what we will do to Gibeah. We will attack it. By lot, we will take 10 men out of every 100 from all the tribes of Israel and 100 out of every thousand, and one thousand out of every 10,000 to get provisions for the troops when they go to Gibeah in Benjamin to punish them for all the outrage they committed in Israel. So all the men of Israel gathered united against the city. Then the tribes of Israel sent men throughout the tribe of Benjamin saying, What is this evil act that has happened among you? hand over the wicked men in Gibeah so that we could put them to death and purge evil from Israel. But the Benjamites would not listen to their fellow Israelites. Instead, the Benjamites gathered together from their cities to Gibeah to go out and fight against the Israelites. On that day, the Benjamites mobilized 26,000 armed men from their cities, besides 700 fit young men rallied by the inhabitants of Gibeah. There were 700 fit young men who were left-handed among all these troops. All could sling a stone at a hare and not miss. The Israelites, apart from Benjamin, mobilized 400,000 armed men, every one an experienced warrior. They set out, went to Bethel, and inquired of God. And the Israelites asked, Who is to go first to fight for us against the Benjamites? And the Lord said, Judah will be first. In the morning, the Israelites set out and camped near Gibeah. The men of Israel went out to fight against Benjamin and took their battle positions against Gibeah. The Benjamites came out of Gibeah and slaughtered 22,000 men of Israel on the field that day. But the Israelite troops rallied and again took their battle positions in the same place where they positioned themselves on the first day. They went up, wept before the Lord until evening, and inquired of him, Should we Again, attack our brothers and Benjamites, the Benjamites. And the Lord said, fight against them. Pause. Remember, my friends, fratricide, meaning killing your brother, was just like, this is one of the higher level evils, right? This is the opposite of unity. And um, that's always been an important thing. But. What does God have for them? Uh, Consequences. That's a. uh, Yeah, consequences. And the Lord answered, Fight against them. On the second day, the Israelites advanced against the Benjamites. That same day, the Benjamites came out from Gibeah to meet them and slaughtered an additional 18,000 Israelites on the field. All were armed. The whole Israelite army went to Bethel where they wept and sat before the Lord. They fasted that day until evening and offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings to the Lord. Then the Israelites inquired of the Lord. In those days, the Ark of the Covenant of God was there. And Phinehas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, was serving before it. And the Israelites asked, should we again fight against our brothers, the Benjamites, or should we stop? And the Lord answered, Fight, because I will hand them over to you tomorrow. So Israel set up an ambush around Gibeah. On the third day, the Israelites fought against all the Benjamites and took their battle positions against Gibeah as before. Then the Benjamites came out against the troops and were drawn away from the city. They began to attack the troops as before, killing about 30 men of Israel on the highways, one of which goes up to Bethel and the other to Gibeah through the open country. The Benjamites said, we're defeating them as before. But the Israelites said, let's flee and draw them away from the city to the highways. So all the men of Israel got up from their places and took their battle positions at Baal Tamar, while the Israelites in ambush charged out of their places west of Geba. Then 10,000 fit young men from all Israel made a frontal assault against Gibeah and the battle was fierce. But the Benjamites did not know that the disaster that was about to strike them. The Lord defeated Benjamin in the presence of of Israel. And on that day, the Israelites slaughtered 25,100 men of Benjamin. All were armed. Then the Benjamites realized that they had been defeated. The men of Israel had retreated before Benjamin because they were confident in the ambush they had set against Gibeah. The men in ambush had rushed quickly against Gibeah. They advanced and put the whole city to the sword, and the men of Israel had had a prearranged signal with the men in ambush, and when they sent up a cloud of smoke from the city, the men of Israel would return to the battle. When Benjamin had begun to strike them down, killing about 30 men of Israel, they said, They're defeated before us, just as in the first battle. But when the column of smoke began to go up from the city, Benjamin looked around behind them, and the whole city was going up in smoke. The men of Israel returned, and the men of Benjamin were terrified when they realized that disaster had struck them. They retreated before the men of Israel toward the wilderness, but the battle overtook them, and those who came out of the cities slaughtered those between them. They surrounded the Benjamites, pursued them, and easily overtook them near Gibeah toward the east. There were eighteen thousand men who died from Benjamin, all the, all were warriors and Then Benjamin turned and fled toward the wilderness to ramon rock Ramon rock and Israel killed five thousand men on the highways. They overtook them at Gidm and struck two thousand more dead and all the Benjamin, Benjamites who died that day were twenty five thousand armed men, all were warriors. But 600 men escaped into the wilderness to Ramon Rock and stayed there four months. The men of Israel turned back against their the other Benjamites and killed them with their swords, the entire city, the animals, and everything that remained. And they also burned all the cities that remained. Last chapter. The men of Israel had sworn an oath at Mitzpah. None of us will give his daughter to a Benjamite in marriage. So the The people went to Bethel and sat there before God until evening. They wept loudly and bitterly and cried out, Why, Lord God of Israel, has it occurred that one tribe is missing in Israel today? The next day the people got up early, built an altar there, and offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. The Israelites asked, Who of all the tribes of Israel didn't come to the Lord with the assembly? For a great oath had been taken that anyone who had not come to the Lord at Mitzpah would certainly be put to death. But the Israelites had compassion on their brothers, the Benjamites, and said, Today, a tribe has been cut off from Israel. What should we do about wives for the survivors? We've sworn to the Lord not to give them any of our daughters as wives. And they asked them, Which city among the tribes of Israel didn't come to the Lord at Mitzpah? It turned out that no one from Jebesh Gilead had come to the camp and the assembly, for when the roll was called, no men were, were there from the inhabitants of Jebesh Gilead. The congregation sent 12,000 brave warriors there and commanded them, go and kill the inhabitants of Jebesh Gilead with the sword, including women and dependents. This is what you should do. Completely destroy every male as well as every woman who has gone to bed with a man." They found among the inhabitants of Jebesh Gilead 400 young virgins who had not been intimate with a man and they brought them to the camp at Shiloh in the land of Canaan. The whole congregation sent a message of peace to the Benjamites who were at Ramon Rock. Benjamin returned at that time and gave them, and Israel gave them the women who had been kept alive from Jebesh Gilead. But there were not enough for them. The people had compassion on Benjamin because the Lord had made this gap in the tribes of Israel. The elders of the congregation said, what should we do about the wives for those who are left since the women of Benjamin have been destroyed? And they said, there must be heirs for the survivors of Benjamin so that the tribe of Israel will not be wiped out. But we can't give them our daughters as wives for the Israelites had sworn. Anyone who gives a wife to a Benjamite is cursed. And they also said, Look, there's an annual festival to the Lord in Shiloh, which is north of Bethel, east of the highway that goes up from Bethel to Shechem and south of Labana. Then they commanded the Benjamites, Go and hide in the vineyards. Watch, when you see the young women of Shiloh come out to perform the dances, each of you leave the vineyards and catch a wife for yourself from the young women of Shiloh and go to the land of Benjamin. When their fathers or brothers come to us and protest, we will tell them, Show favor to them, since we did not get enough wives for each of them in the battle. You didn't actually give the women to them, so you're not guilty of breaking your oath. The Benjamites did this. They took the number of women they needed from the dancers they caught. They went back to their own inheritance, rebuilt their cities, and lived in them. At that time, each of the Israelites returned from there to his own tribe and family Each returned from there to his own inheritance and the very last verse of the book of Kings says, or Judges, says this. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what seemed right to him. My friends, even that stuff like that little game, oh, well, we didn't give them women. We just stole. I mean, just crazy stupid remember this my friends a huge chunk of the bible particularly in the old testament is descriptive not prescriptive right this doesn't represent God's will for his people right God's will was that there would never be you know civil war but here we are most importantly One thing we can look at is just going, in those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what seemed right to him. My friends, we need to pray. We need to pray. Lord God, give us wisdom. Lord, we got an election coming up. Uh, Give us wisdom in terms of who to vote for. Importantly, Lord, help us to be courageous with your truth in the face of a time when everyone does what seems right to them. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.